Julio Bypass today is a man who is involved with several different projects and is a co-founder of the band Megadeth. Mr. David Ellefson is on the line. How are you, David? Hey, I'm doing well, Ralph. How are you, man? Ah, hanging in there like all of us, doing the best you can in these unprecedented times, you know? Yes, I do know. <laughs> it's, it's very strange times indeed, and it's uh, certainly one that's got, I think, our creative community creating in certainly different ways we never thought we're, we would ever have to do. But, um, but, you know, look, I guess it's part of the reason we're on the phone is, you know, the creative and the media meet and come together in some way to um, talk about what we're doing and hopefully give some, some hope to everybody, too. Yes, yes, and we all need that, but we're going to make it. I'm, I'm being positive. All right, so you've got a lot of things going on, but I'm just going to knock out a couple of quick Megadeth things, and then we'll get right into everything that you're doing today. First question, most important is, how's Dave Mustaine doing? Dave's doing well. Um, in fact, I, you know, we usually speak about once a week just to kind of get caught up on things and, and see where things are at. We're... Um, uh, his health is is uh, doing well coming out of his cancer treatments. We know we did the big Europe tour in January and February, and that was a bit of the litmus test, I guess, probably for everybody, including him, you know, to just sure. kind of feel comfortable getting back out and and being able to perform. And um, so that, that was a, a huge vote of confidence and success all around. And then, you know, the next thing now is working on the new album, um, we've, you know, the, it's, it's, it's pretty much written. I mean, there's always a few things in the old days we had a saying, nothing's final until it's vinyl. Uh, <laughs> meaning, you know, meaning that anything is subject to change, develop, rewrite, right. um, you know, and, um, you know, even in the movies, they do that, right. They rewrite lines on the set, you know, I mean, if something's not working, they, they have the liberty to rewrite stuff and, Absolutely. You know, and so do we. We we kind of work like that too. So I mean, but the the by and large, the record is is written, and um, now we're just you know making making plans as best we can on when we're going to get it recorded. So uh, we had originally planned on being in Nashville in March to cut the the basic tracks, and of course that that got pushed back now. So, um, but right. you know, we're we're looking at I mean the absolute very first window of possibility is is we will definitely be together again in Nashville working and, and recording. Excellent. Well, good. Glad to hear the record will be coming at some point and that Dave's uh, feeling okay. We were all out talking about him the other day, a bunch of my friends saying, boy, I wonder how he's doing because we haven't heard anything lately. So glad he's doing well. Yep. And then my only other Megadeth thing to ask real quick before we get into all your stuff is Rust in Peace great album considered by many to be the best thrash album ever what do you think about that um yeah i mean look we'll take the compliment for sure <laughs> um <laughs> you know we we were just going I, somebody asked me that a couple of weeks ago too you know like did you think this was going to be you know the, the greatest album ever kind of thing and i said listen we were just going in to make the next record um, and quite honestly, it sat so far outside of anything that was cool going on at that time. Um, keep in mind, you know, we wrote it 88 through 89. We're going into the studio spring of 1990 to record it. So, I mean, think back at what was popular then, um, right. guns and roses, appetite for destruction, um, had hit huge yes. milestone Motley Crue. Um, on the pop side, the George Michael Faith record just came out. Madonna was all over MTV, as was Michael Jackson. 
Right. So imagine in the mix of all that, we go in and make rest in peace. Um, so, you know, by a barometer of everything that's going on around you, um, you know, it, it, we were certainly marching to our own drum, if you will. So, <laughs> yes. to, you know, to think that it would, that it would be this, you know, just eponymous album, if you will, you know, I mean, who knew, um, you know, we, we just knew we were making the next Megadeth record. I mean, we were largely rebuilding the band. Um, you know, the band was in shambles from, uh, addictions from, um, you know, just, and, and all the personality problems that come with that and management changeovers. And I mean, we were basically, you know, me and Dave were essentially rebuilding the band. Um, but we had, we felt good about our lineup with Nick Menza and Marty Friedman coming into the fold. Right. And, you know, we felt like we, we were onto something. Um, and we felt, you know, Dave and I were, were newly sober. So that was a whole new challenge. You know, we and I were running buddies through all of our drinking and drugging and wild living and all the great stuff that we did for as long as it worked, you know, and then, sure. then that day comes where it's like, you know, you have to do the about face and, and march the other way. And that's, that's hard enough to do on your own. It's, it's almost equally as hard or harder to do it as two brothers doing it together. Um, and so, you know, we had a lot of challenges, man. I mean, rest in peace. I'm glad people like listening to it because the making of it was pure hell. Um, (laughs) it, it was, it was not, it was not an easy album to make. And, um, yet at the same time, they're some of the most fun songs to play live. The audience responds to them so well. I mean, just mm-hmm. to this day and the, then the songs are kind of odd. They're not, you know, they're not these just simple verse, chorus, verse, chorus, MTV hits, you know, they're these very, you know, quirky, uh, elaborate arrangements. And, and the fact that they have stood the test of time is, is, is pretty remarkable actually. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, it's a great album, but I was just wondering, you know, what you thought and, and mm-hmm. all that, because I, I like so much. I mean, probably my two favorites probably are Peace Cells and Euthanasia, but I, you know, I like mm-hmm. the whole catalog, of course. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with you. I mean, I love going back and listening to Peace Cells album. Again, the Peace Cells album was a very challenging time. Um, you know, we were so poor, we were broke, we had no money. I mean, our living conditions and da, 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 da. But, you know, at the same time, we were, we were really young. Um, and it's, and there, there was a, there was a, a hopeful optimism around the, the industry, the music business. We lived in LA at the time. Right. And Things there were happening was just, then. yeah, they were, they were popping, you know, and, mm. and, you know, there was sort of this, you know, I mean, look, Metallica carved the way for all of us. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? When they, when they got signed to a major label that gave hope to then Anthrax and Slayer, then Megadeth, you know, we all took that, you know, when, when Ozzy took Metallic out, you know, it paved the way that, yeah, you know, these, these rowdy, snotty little thrash bands actually could hold their own in a bigger setting. And Alice Cooper took out Megadeth, Iron Maiden took out Anthrax, um, you know, and we all, you know, got on to bigger and better things, you know, but, but at the same time, you know, I mean, there, I guess there's a reason they call it the big four because we all, you know, we're all pretty much, we started the genre together and, and, you know, our, our, our card came up first, you know, as, as the forerunners of the genre. And, and, and so it, you know, it always felt optimistic, you know, and, and even around Megadeth, despite a lot of, you know, personality clashes. And again, our, our sort of wild living <laughs> back in the early days, right. um, you know, there always felt like, like, 
like there was like the good Lord would always sort of throw us a mulligan, you know, like there was always another, we'd live to fight another day, you know? And, and, and that was definitely the case with, uh, I think probably with both peace cells and, and rust in peace. And I think maybe in a weird way, you hear that in the performances on those records, you hear it in the songwriting, you hear it in the performances. Right. And I think in a way that's what translates off of those stereo speakers into the ears and the soul of the listener. And I think they, that's what makes those records, um, you know, connect so well with the listener. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I would agree with you. All right. Well, thanks for uh, talking a little bit about Megadeth, but let's get to all the many things you've got going on right now. So since this pandemic has uh, hit us all, all of a sudden you've got all kinds of things going on. So um, I think maybe the first thing to mention is you got, you put out a single, uh, which I played on the podcast Sunday before last called simple truth. And you're releasing that song to benefit the Italian red cross. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. We, cause our band, uh, my international touring band for my Ellison solo band, uh, they're all Italians and they are all locked down over there. And we actually wrote that song when we were in a rehearsal before we did a, a little two week tour of Italy and Switzerland back in early November. So it, it just, the, the, just kind of the, the synchronicity of it all, you know what I mean? That we have an Italian band, we wrote it then we were actually planning on putting it out this month anyway, as a single that was going to lead up to some uh, tour dates that my solo band had in Japan and Australia coming up in May. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've now had to reschedule those. Those are now moved back to February and March of 2021. Right. Um, so, you know, to kind of keep on our schedule of wanting to put something new out, but, but, you know, this climate is, it's, it's a weird climate to be releasing new product. I, obviously people's attentions are elsewhere. And, and so what we thought was, is, you know what, let's, let's put it out as planned, but let's, let's give this money to, to the Italians. I mean, obviously it's, our band is there. I was just there uh, back in February on the Megadeth five finger death punch tour. And it was interesting. It was the, it was, it was an interesting place because it was about a 3,500 or 4,000 seat club. I mean, it was big, but I mean, and a lot of people it was packed, but it was that one venue that we all comment even still to this day that we were, look, we were so up close and personal with the fans. And then as it turns out, you know, not two weeks later, they had one of the biggest outbreaks in the world of COVID-19 and, you know, we, you couldn't help but stop and think and go, man, was that sort of a brush with, you know, with fate right there yes. um, that, you know, we all got home, we're safe, we're healthy, everybody's fine. Um, and fortunately so far, the people that I know who live in Italy are okay as well. Um, but boy, it's just that one moment. And I, and I think that it, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a wake up call for everybody. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, I know it is for me. I don't, I don't know what's going on anymore. It's so crazy, but, but, um, but yeah, thank God, you know, you guys came out unscathed and I didn't get stuck there because obviously Italy got hit hard before we did, you know? Um, so, wow, that's crazy. You were just there in February because it was probably hitting a lot of people already at that point, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got home. I talked to Chris Kale from five figure death punch. We're good friends. We were before the tour and, you know, even better buddies now. And, and, you know, yeah, we talk, you know, pretty regularly a couple times a week and, you know, that's, you know, that's uh, just hits us all the day. Same with Tommy, uh, from the lead singer of bad wolves, who was the uh, opening act on that tour. And, and, 
And, you know, we, we, we comment about that. It's like, man, we, cause you know, our friends in uh, Testaments and Exodus and death angel, they were over there. They, they were over there a couple of weeks after we were. Right. And, and a few of them got hit, you know, and, um, fortunately I think they're all coming through it and, and, uh, we'll be, we'll be healthy again, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those moments in time that, you know, you just, uh, you, you think you're lucky stars. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Simple Truth, people can download that. That's out now in iTunes and all the places you can download music. These yeah, days. we put it up We put it up on Bandcamp last week. So if uh, if you put it under uh, Ellison um, is, is the name of the artist. Um, so if you go look it up there, you can download it, uh, that money, of course. And what's nice about Bandcamp is one of the reasons we put it up there first is that they pay very – they pay immediately – Ah, so we can send yeah. money over by the end of this month. We can send money over. You know, when you put it up on the digital platforms, iTunes, you know, Spotify, you know, sometimes it's six months before that stuff even accounts to us. So, um, and obviously that money, when we get it, we will send it over as well. But it's, we felt good about getting it on Bandcamp and letting that be the first initial push because it's going to get the most traction probably right away. And when the main point of it was is, we wanted to, you know, raise awareness for the Red Cross in Italy and and take that those finances and, and be able to send it over. And then on the seventeenth of April, which is what I guess uh, Friday, right? Um, then it will release across Spotify and and um, and all of the digital platforms, iTunes and everything. Got it. All right, but download it on uh, Bandcamp first, guys, right away, so that m- money can get moving to our friends in Italy real quickly. Okay, so that's one cool thing that you're doing in response to COVID-19. And then another cool thing you've got going is your Youth Music Foundation. Um, you're doing something where I believe it's up through high school age children can do some video musician lessons with some musicians. Huh? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, we started out uh, the Schools Out initiative and uh, the point of that was is as the schools were starting to all shut down and students were going to be out of school uh, since like what, probably mid-March is kind of when that started. So we launched the initiative and I called, excuse, excuse me, I called upon a bunch of my um, pretty well-known musician buddies to um, see if they would pitch in to give some lessons, which they just unanimously said no problem. Um, so we've have uh, a team of some kind of celebrity instructors as well as, uh, some other fantastic musicians, um, who are professionals and schooled musicians that are, that are going to be our instructors. I mean, we have, you know, almost a thousand, uh, applications from the students. So we got a lot of, a lot of work to do. And that you look, obviously we're seeing, you know, this isn't, going to just end next week. I mean, this, this initiative is going to continue now, uh, for months to come. Um, and quite honestly, may even just stay as a sustainable platform moving forward for, for students to be able to come to our foundation and, and register and be able to get, um, to be able to get free lessons from us. That is so cool. So they can uh, find that application at Ellison youth music org, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I put, uh, I, I got that press release and I put it on my social media too, because I thought it was so cool that you're putting this together. And, and, um, I, I liked your, your quote of when one, pu- one person suffers, we all suffer. And this is an unprecedented moment in history. 
when all of us around the world are united for a common cause. And of course you go on from there, but I thought that was great what you've been putting together. I've been telling everybody, I'm like, David Ellison has taken all kinds of action during this pandemic. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you know, it's funny. I think initially you look, we in the creative community are no different than everybody else as much as as much as we appear to be living the life of Brian and the charmed Cinderella life, you know, I mean, it's part of, you know, it's part of what we do. We're on the stage, we're under the bright lights and you know, like we live exciting lives and, and all that. But at the same time, um, you know, when everything shuts down, we shut down too, you know, and our, our industry, especially the touring side of our, our industry is in a complete state of unprecedented flux. Um, you know, that where we don't know when things are really going to open up. Um, and, uh, things are, you know, tours are being sort of shut down and rerouted and postponed and rescheduled and all kinds of stuff going on right now. So, uh, a lot of our musician friends are, are also out of work and it's, it's a big thing in our, in our community because, if you see four or five spaces in a band on a stage behind them is probably another 10 to 20 people who keep that show running every day. So they're out of work, bus drivers, guitar techs, lighting and sound technicians. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people who are out of work. So on that, um, Ellison youth music foundation.org, uh, link that you had mentioned, we're also doing a, a crowdfunding fundraiser. Um, there's a donate button on that link right up at the upper right hand corner, right? As soon as you land on the page, and um any and all donations are welcome a buck or two or whatever it is you may feel on your heart to to um to donate if you're in a position to do so i realize everybody's kind of in a state of financial flux right now as well um and just know that that money will go to uh continue to help uh, our community be on staff and be available to give these lessons for the schools out program right yeah and i did post that link as well um, yeah, that, that's awesome. And you started this foundation in 2018, right? What, 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 uh, was behind your, what were your thought process? What made you do this to begin with? Yeah, we did. Um, you know, in Oct- back in, um, uh, October 9th, um, in 2018, the mayor of Jackson, Minnesota, the little town that I grew up in, uh, proclamated a, uh, an official David Ellison day, uh, for now until forever. <laughs> nice. Um, and yeah, which I thought was just obviously a very heartwarming, you know, wonderful, uh, thing of the people of the, of the town. Um, and I've tried to bring, you know, my celebrity back to the town in the forms of, uh, Ellison coffee company, my coffee company, we started doing, you know, things there, helping the people in that community, um, and we're just bringing it attention and awareness. So when, when he proclamated October 9th as, as my day, I said, listen, let's, uh, I went to my team, um, at my record label and stuff. And, and I just said, listen, you know, let's, let's put together something that can go beyond just this day, you know, something that will help give back to the community. And that's when we started the, the, uh, David Olson youth music foundation with its specific goal of, of helping support, the school music programs, um, both in public and, and private sector, but in particular public schools, because I'm a product of the small town public school system right. and of the music program. And, you know, the music program was very beneficial to me. I mean, you and I would not be on this phone call today if, if I hadn't been part of that. And sure. I think we know that when cuts 
come to school budgets, you know, the arts and the music programs are, are some of the first to take a hit. And um, so we wanted our foundation to be in place to be able to raise money and uh, to be able to offer scholarships and do things to, to help students and help music programs. Um, and that's why once this started happening with COVID-19 back in March, um, we got into action immediately with the Schools Out initiative because using at least the digital social media platforms and online um, teaching methods, uh, we were able to quickly get this up and running, you know, and get to market with it and, and to be able to be right on the front lines almost immediately. Um, so it's, it's been a real blessing to have, have this foundation and, and have so many people who have been so generously, you know, contributing to it and, and, and helping us out. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. And then before we run out of time, one other thing you've been doing around COVID this past weekend, you had a pretty long amount of time, a live webcast where you brought in all kinds of people from their homes and you're going to be repeating this again, doing another uh, live webcast type thing. Tell us a little bit about that. How did it go this past weekend? Well, the event we did on Saturday on April 11th was just, it was amazing. It was like doing live aid (laughs) from our home, you know? Um, It was, I mean, it was literally was of of, uh, just a, you know, monumental size. Um, and we worked very quickly. We put it together literally in about a week and a half and pushed it out. The Grammys, uh, they have a, um, the Grammy music education coalition. We are partnered with them and they have been just so tremendous in supporting what we do. Um, and, and we fill a, a really a nice little niche in their, in their community. Um, in particular, because we, because we do things online, we have such a good reach into the, um, into the professional community, but we also, uh, reach into the, into the smaller, uh, towns in the rural areas. So that, that feels a really cool, um, part of their initiative as well with the coalition. Right. And as a result, you know, we were able to put together this, uh, this, you know, marathon 10 hour, like a 10 hour marathon webathon that we did and um you know going kind of t- playing on the old model of the telethon which of course was on tv right um and then taking it over to the web and doing a webathon and and we just had such incredible participants from you know cast member from seinfeld the soup nazi the yes. members of uh anthrax and uh i pulled in my megadeth cohorts to be part of it and um people from the from the walking dead television show uh, rock and roll comedians and I mean, we just, we really, it was just a, uh, you know, as you would think with a, with a telethon, that's exactly what we did on the web. And right. as a result, you know, we, we not only broadcasted across our social media channels, um, but also over on the Grammy Music Education Twitch and YouTube channel. Um, we also, there was a handful of radio stations and television stations across the country who were broadcasting us live as well. And one of those stations in Fresno had reached out to us about doing something uh, continuing something with them as soon as this Friday. So we are looking at, um, going back and doing another, um, another edition of it much shorter. We'll, we'll, we'll probably cut it to four hours maximum, but uh, we're looking at six to 10 PM, um, Pacific time. this Friday. Yeah, this Friday. Yeah. And, um, so that we're going to, uh, push out again across our social media platforms so everybody can see it. And it'll be a different, different group of people. You know, some people were not able to join us. Some people had it. There were, there were a couple situations where there was some technology 
glitches and people that were in different locations of the world. Uh, that, that does happen. In fact, I'm surprised it didn't happen more. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I, I caught about an, I caught about an hour of it when the uh, folks from Clerks were on. I think it was, and I was surprised. Yeah. I was like, "This is working pretty well." I wasn't sure how the technology would work out either. Yeah, me too. I mean, as you know, I mean, look, everybody's home now, so I mean, the bandwidth on our local routers and our our Wi-Fi in our homes. I mean, gosh, we all get kicked in and out of meetings and off emails and stuff all the time. So I was surprised how stable the thing was for the period of time we were doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this has just opened up now a whole new opportunity for us to be able to uh, continue to do this. And it may turn into a weekly thing um, it, where we can continue to, um, and there won't be 10 hours, of course, but <laughs> where we right. can where we can do this on a, on a smaller scale, but still be equally as effective. Uh, be able to bring guests on. Uh, we do, you know, we are still continuing our, our fundraising efforts here through the month of April um, because it's, again, you know, fortunately our, our foundation does not have like a large uh, payroll and office buildings and things like that, which, which uh, sadly to say eat up a lot of the money with a lot of these foundations. I mean, so right. much of the money that they get goes to paying, just taking, just providing for things. So we're, we're lucky, you know, that as a young foundation and and of course in this point in time when everybody works from home anyway you know our expenses are very low so it's like the money that's donated can be effectively used um again to employ our teachers uh and to help be able to you know continue to, uh, these COVID 19 relief fund efforts as well that's wonderful yeah i think i just think that's so great i'm so blown away that you've that you've done so much in such a short period of time you've put together a lot in a little bit of time. It's, it's really amazing, David. It really is. Yeah. Thank you, Ralph. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, I want to keep you on schedule. I know you've got other things to tend to, um, but thanks for taking some time for radio bypass today and spreading the word about what you're doing. Um, so again, David Ellefson's got, uh, the youth music foundation, the Ellefson youth music foundation.org. I will post all this on our social media pages again, uh, get a copy of Simple Truth. It's a great song. If you didn't hear when I played it, it's awesome. I didn't tell you that, by the way, David, but awesome song, Simple Truth. Thank you. Uh, Thank so you. get that at Bandcamp. That's going to help out the Italian Red Cross. Look for another live webcast coming from David Ellison and company this Friday, hopefully. And, uh, David, if there's anything we can ever do for you, let us know. I think you're doing a fantastic job uh, during this crazy time. So thanks for joining us, David. You're welcome. Thanks for everything, Ralph. I appreciate it. So there's our conversation with David Olofsson from just the other day. And coming up tomorrow, April 17th, Friday night, starting at 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central, they are doing another webathon. Not quite as long as last weekend's 10 hours, but a good four hours. And you can find the link to watch the webathon at EllisonYouthMusicFoundation.org. Ellison Youth Music Foundation.org. Check that out. David is really doing a lot to try to uh, make things a little better during this crisis we're having with COVID 19. And then that song that we talked about, Simple Truth, that is benefiting the Italian Red Cross. In case you didn't hear that song when I played it last, I'm going to end this interview right now with that song, Simple Truth. Pick up a copy of this at Bandcamp. Go to Bandcamp and look up David Ellison and download that song. The proceeds from that song are going to go to help out the Italian Red Cross, and Lord knows they need the help. So give them a hand. David Ellison doing all kinds of great stuff. So here's Simple Truth from Ellison, and thanks for listening.